0: Texans take okay
1: well so y'all have to forgive if you can hear the fan in the background we had uh, the air conditioning AC decided, issues yeah it decided yeah. to say uh, we're not gonna work today or yesterday or possibly the day before uh, I don't know when it started I just know that last night I came home I started sweating the moment I got in the door so that was not a good something sign. was that and I'm like that though yeah if I'm inside it, it, it drives Alyssa a little bit nuts because uh-huh. she's very cold-natured, and I'm not. I'm very hot-natured. So like 65 to 67 is where I like my life. Yeah. And I came home yesterday, and it was 75. And of course I didn't bother her, which I know why she didn't think about the air conditioner being out. Yeah. Didn't bother her. Yeah. She was fine at 75.
0: Yeah.
1: Me, I walk in the door, and like, from the door to the table, I was already sweating. I was yeah. like, What's going what's going on? So I checked the AC. Both thermostats were on. I don't know what's going on. I would also like to know why we have two thermostats in this house. I assume one controls the top, and one controls the bottom. That's what I've gathered so far. Either but we that, only have one unit.
0: Either that or you have two different points of contact.
1: Well, it doesn't change one like, does not change the other.
0: Oh. Well then they're probably controlling different regions of the, house, of the house, I think. Yeah. But it's
1: funny, I've never seen that where you only have one unit.
0: Yeah, I only have one unit. I don't know. <laughs> it's two temperature controls. So it's like interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, we actually uh, when we were when I was living in Austin. We just left our thermostat on about I'm for a lot of the a lot of the summer, we just left it off. We didn't really care. You know, it would get hot. And we wouldn't really notice, you know, there was like three of us, and none of us were like really like sensitive about the temperature or anything. And our friend David would come over, and this is this sounds just like David. He'd walk in and like, "Oh my God, it's so hot in here! I'm changing your thermostat," you know. And we we're just kind of like, I mean, have at it. It'll be hot when you come back again later. Yeah, I you that's, that. that's me. That's me a hundred percent. Yeah, and um yeah, so. It was like going to we your parents' would, house. We would, we would literally it like, oh. leave it the way it was, you know, and then eventually, you know, enough people would come over and be like, Man, it's hot in here. And we were like, Okay, well, we'll we'll turn it we'll turn it on or down, you know, about maybe thirty minutes before guests come over. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
1: yeah. But anyway, so ignore the fan. It's probably making a little bit of noise you're picking up. I have Got it positioned as far away from the mic as I can.
0: Yes, but there's a simple fact. It is not Friday. It is still Thursday. So let's whine about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Indeed. See what I did there? I I like what you did Brig came up with it first. That was pretty good. He he suggested we should call Thursday, Thursday, let's whine about it. I like it. So anyway, well, what do we have today? the immortal zin we have another zinfandel uh was the last zin that we had one two three two weeks ago um it
1: was and, the seven deadly Zins,
0: and that was the seven deadly zins and that one was eh. and this one is eh. <laughs> it's a little more either. yeah 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 i mean it's past a certain point Sometimes I feel like, you know, since we don't have them side by side to compare, then one is inevitably going to look much better than the other, by a whole point or so. Right. But at the end of the day, they might be the exact same. I don't know. We just, it's two different days, and we're not, we don't have them side by side. This and one so, is a lot
1: lighter than the other one, though. That's yeah, that
0: sure. absolutely. Um, which arguably makes it worse. But, um so, this one is called the Immortal Zin. Uh, this is a $13 bottle of wine. It is. $12.99 for you monetary purists. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you didn't catch it, it's a Zin Uh It's a very light-bodied wine. Uh, so, if you look at it, you can see light through it. Without shining a light. Without shining a light um so it's not real thin but as far as red wine goes it's it's pretty light i might call it a medium light but light medium light eh whatever it's not bold or anything now flavor wise so we got got a lot of that on three yeah a lot of flavor Which I love flavor, okay? I like a lot of flavor, like a bold, robust flavor. As long as they're good flavors. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And this one has uh, a flavor that I'm not, I don't really like a whole bunch is bitterness. Bitterness is good, but not real high bitterness. Uh, Tartness or sourness is good, but not real high tartness or sourness sweetness is good but not real high sweetness though i will say that i do like medium about medium sweetness you know the sourness and the bitterness are like fairly low uh, and there's a lot of other flavors just on top of that um but this one we we rated this one an 8.5 on the bitterness scale this stuff is okay let me let me give you the sound that i made when i first tried it Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So it starts off sweet. The full, the full sweetness of the wine hits you first. After that, the sweetness mellows out a little bit. Mind you, this is all happening within about two or three seconds. The sweetness mellows out a little bit and you have this uh, really good flavor, honestly, and it's different. And I'm not sure exactly what flavor to describe it as it's different. It's good. It's almost exotic if that even works. And I don't know, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's different. Um, and it's like, oh, oh, what's that? And then it dies and it's completely replaced with this lingering bitterness. Uh, Actually, just before the bitterness, there's this high tartness, really high actual sourness, which blends into a bitterness that lingers out throughout the rest of the taste. So there's about like four, you know, uh, it's like three or four full flavors that hit you. It's really sweet. Then this strange, good, interesting, different flavor. And then this quick tartness, really high sourness that blends into a high bitterness and then it leaves that flavor in your mouth. So it leaves you with a really bad aftertaste, unless you like bitterness, which I don't um, I like some, but not like. Yeah, that. yeah. And so an 8.5 bitterness, it's about a six sweetness, which is about I like a six. That's good. Um, and a 6.5 sourness And so it's really high bitter, really high sour, and about right sweetness. But you put all those together with kind of blah, overall flavors. And it's just not, it's not enjoyable. In fact, I think that the best way to enjoy this is not how you're supposed to enjoy wine. Cold? No. (laughs) If you wanted to actually enjoy all of its flavor and not be left with kind of a blah taste in your mouth. You got to just continually drink it. Just don't stop. Just keep drinking it. <laughs> You're not supposed <laughs> to do that with wine. It's to sip wine, not like glug it. Um, but yeah, if you keep drinking it, do not recommend. Uh, then I think that that good fla- those good flavors, will stay with you. But as soon as you stop,
1: ooh, yeah.
0: and uh, so anyway, we got a three on the brig rate and a three point two on the stew rate. It does have a very high alcohol. And, uh, what is that? 14.1%. 14.8. 14. 14, wow, that is high. That's really high. Normally it's around 12. Yeah, 9 to 12. Yeah. Wow. But 15% is about the highest that you can naturally get with wine. Mm-hmm. You can't naturally get higher than 15%. After that, you need to start, you know, distilling it, and then it starts becoming brandy or something else. Um that's, that's right. where you start proofing it, right? Right, uh, anyway. Well, that's the end of uh, we're done whining about it. Um, but before I, yeah, we'll go ahead and end there. We'll come right back with the word of God.
1: We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs>
0: uh, and we're back, we are back. So, I saw this quote today, and I'm I didn't double-check it or anything, I'm going to take it at face value. Um, So, if I'm absolutely wrong, if you didn't say this, sue me, whatever. Still is a good quote. It's still a really good quote. So, this came from author and historian Tom Holland, who's apparently an atheist. And he said, while studying the ancient world, Holland writes, he realized something. Simply... The ancients were cruel and their values utterly foreign to him. True. To all of us today, I would say. The Spartans routinely murdered murdered imperfect, quote-unquote, children. The bodies of slaves were treated like outlets for the physical pleasure of those with power. Infanticide was common. The poor and the weak had no rights. I mean, we kind of idolize the Spartans today just because of the 300 Spartans, the story and ancient you know, Greek stuff. They're cool. They're freaking cool. They really are. But by today's standards, we, they the, were Spartans, savages. the Spartans are, are Gre- Grecians that, you know, uh, for some reason, we close our modern minds to the idea of Spartans and we hold them in high regard, despite the fact for most other ancient civilizations, we look at them with disgust, okay? Or even, even civilizations, you know, like America uh, 150 years ago, there's a lot of aspects of that that a lot of people look at with disgust, despite the fact that they were like, you know, uh, just incredible specimens of amazing human beings in every aspect compared to like the Spartans, Okay, uh, but let me keep reading. How did we get from there to here? It was Christianity, Holland writes. Christianity revolutionized sex and marriage, demanding that men control themselves and prohibiting all forms of rape. Christianity confines sexuality within mono- uh, monogamy. Monogamy, pardon. It is ironic, Colin notes, that these are now the very standards for which Christianity is derided. Christianity elevated women. In short, Christianity utterly transformed the world. How right he is. It is. I love to hear this stuff from people who are not Christians, from atheists, from people who are against Christianity because, you know, they're, they're speaking so honestly. They have to be, because this is against what they believe in their heart. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's you know, uh, it's like saying something really good about something somebody, somebody that you dislike or disrespect for whatever reason. And I'm not saying that Tom Holland doesn't like Christianity. He just doesn't believe that it's true. He's an atheist, you know. It's kind of like, you know, um, I don't believe... That um, uh, I don't believe that the Amish, Amish, they have a form of Christianity. I don't think it's true Christianity. It's definitely a derivative thereof, uh, and they they believe a lot of they believe a lot of things. You know, like uh, um, technology is sinful, and you know stuff like that. Um, And so that's, and and they also believe that, anyway, you probably know what, you know, um, Amish believe, but man, if you have ever seen an Amish barn raising, when you see these people come together to raise a barn, honestly, it gives me chills because these barns are massive. They are huge. These are huge barns and they will raise one in literally a day or two if that and it's the whole amish community come together and they all work tirelessly tirelessly for a day and they throw up a barn good quality barn real quick
1: and let's let's talk about watching the amish community luba barn
0: right you know i watch that and i'm just like what what do they have that we don't have why can't we do that
1: you know, they, you, you, they they get 400 of them together, they pick it up
0: and they right, move it, yes. you know, 100 yards and you're going wow, many hands make light work. You know, that that they're doing something that modern communities a lot of times can't do just because we don't work together that well, you know. Um but uh It's
1: like when you're moving a big object. You know, right. like like take it my general manager he he got a hot tub. Mhm. And essentially, he just kind of enlisted everybody at the dealership, like all hands on deck, come over to my house. You can have a beer afterwards. <laughs> We're yeah. moving yeah, the hot sold. tub. And I was like, all right, you said you said beer. We're good. Yeah. You know, he got his son. And like, we had about eight of us together moving this hot tub. And this hot tub probably weighed, realistically, 600 pounds. Yeah. It wasn't what I'd call the heaviest hot tub on the planet. But it was still a heavy hot tub. It was still pretty heavy. But, I mean, eight of us moved it. To the side of his house, on a slant, walked it over, over a fence, and through the backyard on another slant, up, and then lifted up onto his patio. With eight of us, yeah. it didn't. Honestly, I'm sitting there going, I didn't feel like it did much. <laughs> right, right. But without two or three more people, we'd have been struggling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, it's there's a lot of different religions and different cultures out there that we look at aspects of them and we're just like, wow, that is impressive. And we don't have that good on them, you know, respect. And so I love to see respect from people who are not Christians looking at Christianity, saying, hey, that's literally the reason that we can enjoy life today, because Christians made life bearable. Yeah. In a modern we're we're much less barbaric, right? And he's absolutely right. About the Spartans, however much we idolize them for the cool movies and stuff that were made and their amazing Spartan, you know, and Hollywood Spartans, glorifies
1: it, but it's they would you know, leave they their they would leave culture.
0: their babies out on a mountaintop overnight. If the child doesn't live, then it must not be strong enough. We don't want weak children, which is actually ridiculous. You know, just because a baby survives, it doesn't mean that they're gonna turn into an incredibly strong man. Maybe. You know, there's a lot of weak babies that turn into incredibly strong men. It's really, it really boils down to genetics is what it does. Genetics and good nutrition is what's going to be the, the determinant, the end result of who you turn into as far as physically. Um, and, oh, I don't know. I suppose that there are some, anyway, regardless, without going in too much detail, the the Spartans were absolutely terrible people. And anybody who wants to live in a Spartan community now, well, ha. Ah, get ready to die. Good on you. Because if you're not, uh, you know, the best of them, then you'll certainly be, you know, kicked around or made a slave. Because Spartans did that too. Uh, anyway, all of that aside, I thought it was a really cool quote, and I wanted to share it with you all. Um, so we are still in uh, First Kings... Uh, the last chapter of 1 Kings, but we're in 1 Kings chapter 22. So Micaiah warns Ahab, uh, and then Ahab dies in battle. And so let's see. Then Azariah, his son, reigns in his place. Ahaziah, his son, reigns in his place. I'm going to start going through the last bit of this chapter, and um, let's start reading. So Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, had become king over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shili, and he walked in all the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, uh, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for the people offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Also, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, that might, uh, the might that he showed, and how he made war, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Judah? And the rest of the perverted persons who remained in the days of his father Asa, he banished from the land. There was then no king in Edom, only a deputy of the king. Jehoshaphat made merchant ships to go to Ophir for gold, but they never sailed, for the ships were wrecked at Ezion-Geber. Then uh, uh, Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, sent, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not, and Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and is buried with his fathers in the city of David his father, uh, then Jehoram his son reigned in his place. So Jehoshaphat, in the whole, was a a decent guy, and you can actually see earlier in this chapter um, when he's dealing with King Ahab, right? Because uh, Jehoshaphat is kind of the voice of reason, the voice of wisdom in Ahab's ear, uh, like true wisdom. Because uh, Micaiah's over here, um, you know, one, you know, wondering, hey, should we go to war against uh, what's it called? Um, Syria. Ramoth Gilead to fight the king of Syria, and so um, Jehoshaphat was kind of like, eh, sure, I guess, um, and you know, Micaiah's like. And then, no, I think it, it might actually be uh, Jehoshaphat uh, who said, Hey, we should ask God if this is a good idea. And Ahab was like, Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. Let me get up gather all the prophets together and we'll do that. And all these prophets come around and they're just like, Oh, yes, go to war, the Lord will bless you. And who is it? It's Jehoshaphat who's looking at all these four hundred prophets and is saying, like, "All right, these guys are all bonkers. Do we have any prophets of the actual Lord? (laughs) You know, like the real guy, the one who actually answers questions." And Ahab is like, "Yeah, but I don't like him because apparently God don't like me, and so he keeps telling me things that I don't like." And Jehoshaphat's kind of like, yeah, but we need a good answer, right? And so they send messengers and stuff. And uh, so anyway, that doesn't help. Ahab is like, we're going to war anyway. Uh, And he dies. Um, And so anyway, Jehoshaphat reigns in Judah. um, And it, it says here he did right in the eyes of the Lord. Um Let's see. He banished. Let's see. Uh, uh, the rest of the perverted persons. Oh, that, they give a little subtext here. What is that? That is uh, 45a, 2246. I guess. Yeah, a Hebrew uh, Kadesh. That is one practicing sodomy and prostitution in religious rituals. So apparently there was people practicing sodomy and and prostitution and religious rituals. Mm. Something that God hates. Thank you very much. And so he banished those perverted persons from the kingdom. Um, uh, There was then no king in Edom, only a deputy of the king. Jehoshaphat made merchant ships to go to Ophir for gold, and they never sailed. Uh, They were wrecked. Um, but Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Hey, let my servants go with your servants to the ships. And Jehoshaphat would not. And so I, I'm kind of thinking there that the, the good and righteous thing that he did there was he didn't deal with this Ahaziah guy, you know, who Ahab wasn't a very good person anyway. And, no. you know, his son is... Arguably worse just because God is like, yeah, things are going to get really bad, but I'm going to wait and do it to your son because you were humble in my eyes for one one moment in your life. Um, Which goes so to show how I'm, much I'm God thinking, admires that. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that Jehoshaphat, I think it's showing him in a good light for not dealing with this guy who's probably crooked or whatever. I'm not sure. But anyway, he would not let them onto his ship. Maybe he was being kind and didn't want them to get wrecked. I don't know. But anyway, um, so Jehoshaphat died and was buried with his father's in David's place. Then Jehoram, his son, reigned in his place. So that's just telling a little bit more about Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Um, I was just talking with my coworker today, and he's, he's a pretty smart guy. You know, he really is. Um, pretty well educated, I'd say. And he, we were talking about how little people know about the Bible, you know, which I'll be honest, when I'm reading through the Bible, there's always stuff that I like, I read I'm like, I I didn't even know that was there. I've read it before. I didn't even know that was there. Or like, I just read right over that. The living word of God. Right, right. Um, But there's, you know, his example was he was talking to a lady at a grocery store about Christianity. And this is a woman that's been going to church her whole life. And um, this is when he was a bagger at, I guess, Walmart or something years ago. Um, and he mentioned that, you know, he mentioned the two kingdoms of Israel. Um, and she was like, pardon? He was like, the two kingdoms in Israel, the kingdom to the north and to the south? He's like, what are you talking about? It's just Israel. He's like, no, there were two kingdoms. There was Israel, and then there was Judah. How do you not know this? You know? Uh, And, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people don't know that. They, they, I guess they haven't read quite as deeply as maybe they think they do. I don't know. Uh, and, anyway, that's just a call to continue reading God's Word. You learn right. something new every time. And if you don't, then you're reading the wrong thing.
1: And I think a lot of that comes to sometimes people think all oh, the, the historical side of it is boring and mm. skip over a lot of it. You know? I know we, we skipped over a little bit in numbers where it became monotonous yeah. because it's just saying the same thing over and over again, which is important. It means Very, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. But we've already got the gist. But I'm talking like... And you miss things. Let's take Let's take, for example, the worst book in the Bible, in my opinion, to read through. Yeah. Arguably, one of the best books in the Bible to read through is <laughs> Chronicles. Yeah. There is, I'd say, I'd say 30%. We'll, we'll take a break right here. We'll be right back. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs>
0: All right, we're We back. are back. So... A little bit about Jehoshaphat and uh, how he lived and died. Ahaziah reigns in Israel. So Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. Walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. So, ha ha ha. All right, so there's two things to take from that. Little bit of, honestly, you could take it as Bible trivia, but it's not. You can, nothing in the Bible should be looked at trivially. Always, <laughs> and it might be trivial. It might. You know, yeah, when you say it like that, yeah. But there's generally real meaning that you can derive from it. Um, it's the word of God, right? And though God does, I believe, have a sense of humor. it doesn't mean that everything, or, is seemingly trivial. You know, uh, there's a reason why the Bible is translated word for word, letter for letter. You know, and stuff like that. Uh, the original text uh, of the Bible in Greek and Hebrew is every time it's written in a different, you know, either a different book, uh, or a different, um, you know, uh, digitalized or something, they always get every single word, every single letter in the right order. You know, everything is crystal perfect because it's the word of God. So even though what God said might be funny, in you know, in a real sense, we shouldn't be looking at it trivially. But Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, became Kim became king. I can't speak English. Became king over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Okay, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother, and the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. So The first thing to take from this, anytime God makes a promise, he's going to fulfill it, okay? He's going to fulfill it. Now, he might, if he says he's going to do something, then he's going to do it. And God is the only one who can come in before he says that he's going to do something, and say, okay, because so-and-so did this, I'm going to step away. It's just like he told Ahab, I'm going to kill you and your family, and you're all going to be eaten by dogs. You know? See, and those that's that are pretty rough. That's a pretty vivid, dogs wow. Are going to be eaten by birds. Oh, boy. You know, lucky animals. Well, maybe not lucky animals. They're eating some pretty rotten people. <laughs> but when God says he's going to do that, that means he's going to do that, right? Well, God's the only one who can step back from a promise that he made— you know, and show grace, right? Anytime that God is showing mercy and grace, he doesn't step back from that, you know. But anytime that he is showing uh, justice, he's allowed to step back from that because, um, you know, that's that's a power that somebody I shall reach my hand power,
1: out and draw it back.
0: Right, that's that's a right that somebody in power has. They can take it back.
1: Okay. I love I love the this is. I just thought about this and I was like, that's not even from the Bible. <laughs> 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 when I just LOL. said that, I was, yeah, lol. <laughs> uh, we just had a long conversation about how lol is useless in certain senses. But, um, so Narnia again. Ah i know i know it's it's funny because i'll think of this as normal you know in normal christian like bible talk i my body my body my mind everything i'm like that was a good narnia quote there insert here yes yes (laughs) you know but uh there's uh, It's in The Horse and His Boy. Which oh, that was far, my favorite
0: book. By far one of my favorites. Absolutely my favorite I, uh, in book. In fact,
1: I had the CD collection. I'm probably going to get the CD collection again. I got the digital copy, which means yeah. I bought it and I can listen to it anytime I want. It's great. <laughs> the Horse and His Boy is like that step between two books where you know you missed stuff and you want to know what you missed. Yeah. But it's a whole nother story with inserted bits of what you missed. Yeah. So it's a good book for all of y'all that haven't read that. Do it. I do say if you're going to, I would almost, above all, I would say read the books. But the best audio version, and I've listened to quite a few of them. There's four of them that I've listened to. I don't like any of them except the one that was done by Focus on the Family. Mm. They put a lot of money into the acting of this. It and made well. good content and uh, do what and made good content and
0: made good content. it was very well. sometimes you can throw money in something and it isn't good and, and, well you
1: just it, it's edge of your seat and they have they have actual real actors like david
0: Suchet. really david
1: Suchet plays Aslan. oh
0: he's a good actor
1: and yeah. if you listen to what right. he sounds like as aslan you you'd face never face. know it was david Suchet until you listen like uh, david Suchet, i did not know that was the now, same is he guy better
0: than liam neeson yes Wow
1: I like them both and I could intermix either one of them. They're both great. Oh okay. But as far as the way it is done, I like David Suchet's version because he's a very slow talking aslan. Uh,
0: Whereas
1: Liam Neeson is this is the way it is. He talks normal. He talks like the Whereas the- David Suchet is loose. You know, it's a very grabbing. You know, it's and but there's this oh, one kind of quote in Horse and His Boy where, you know, Prince Rabadash is Rabidash. going to his father and saying, "I want to take over Narnia. Let's just do it. I want the princess. If I'm owner of the kingdom, I can have the princess." And the King of uh, Tashban, at this point, mm-hmm. he he makes a comment that it is the most powerful comment in the book. Wow, and this is from. The horse and his boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the most powerful statement, and I say you can take that and you can use it at any types where there is mercy involved because right. of power. And he said, oh. "Rabadash, you are a fool, but I will give you this. But I will not reach my hand out further than I can draw it back. Ooh, I will give you this. But in the case that you are captured, yeah, you're on. You're I on. will not help you." Because my power ends there. Right, right. Now. If you were to overtake Narnia, my power would be extended. Yeah. And I'm just going, that shows power right there. He knows his limitations. Yeah. I'm only going to take my power to the extent where my power belongs. And I, you just listen to that statement. It's like, wow. So much wisdom, wisdom in that. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, I will, like, yes, give, I will give you, foolish boy, your liberties, yeah. but understand, I won't help you if you drag this too far. Yeah, yeah. If you overtake them and your plan works, hey, more power better off on you. Yeah. We now have a greater kingdom. Yeah. But in the case that you fail, yeah, you're on your. Own. I'm not helping you. Yeah, you. that's <laughs> I love that quote, and that's what I was just thinking. Yes. About. You said mercy. I'm like, I will not reach my hand out further than I can draw it back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And God does that so many times. He does. And he does that with Ahab. He, you know, like I said, he tells Ahab, hey, it's going to be bad. You're all going to be eaten by the dogs and birds. Good for them. And then Ahab shows humbleness and, and, you know, and lowliness of heart, you know, lowliness, you know, and humbleness before God And God respects that. And he says, okay, I'm going to inflict this, you know, I'm going to inflict these things on your children's house, not on yours, because I respect what you're doing before me. And so God promised one thing, but he took it back, didn't he? But what he promised was justice. Okay. He promised justice. And when a judge gives justice, only the judge can take it back. Nobody else can. The judge can take back the justice. Okay. Now, this is this is a power that's given to, um, you know, somebody who is all-powerful, right? So God can give mercy. He can also take mercy away. He can give justice. He can also, you know, get, give mercy, right? Right. Um, and... Um, only God has that power. And this is a case where he promised something to Ahab. He took it back and said, Hey, you know, and so I guess, I don't know. I was trying to make a point that, you know, when God says he's going to do something, he does it. That's what people always say. And it's, you know, pretty much true, but there is a sense where that's not always the case. Because God will promise, I'm going to destroy you. And then when they're humble in God's sight, he says, okay, I'll have mercy this time. Mm-hmm. And so God just took back. He didn't do what he said that he was going to do. But in this sense, he's giving justice. And that's where
1: grace comes in. He gives what don't deserve. And then he what takes it back deserve. and gives grace. Right. He gives he us. Take, and he, he does the you. same
0: thing to us, just like yeah. you're saying, you know. He gives um, you what
1: you absolutely don't deserve yeah. because you are his children. Right, you know, right. You are his elect. And you see that time and time again. Yeah, Probably yeah. Probably one of the most famous is with, uh, what is it, uh, Jeremiah? Uh-huh. Where he comes to him and goes, you know, this is, your people are are, are gone. Let's just get rid of them. Go, nah, I sent you. Go tell them about me. See if they'll, I've already told them I'm going to destroy them. That didn't make a difference yet. You know, they're not that scared. Right. See if you can change their mind. Yeah. You know, because, and at that point it's like, God says, I will destroy you. I will, you know, uh, and, and he does these things by his divine intention. You know, uh, let's, let's take it. Let's take a, this is actually a wonderful example of exactly what we're talking about. Let's take, uh, Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, you know, he said, "I'm gonna wipe out everything. There won't be a soul remaining." Right. And Abraham comes out with his bunny slippers and he's like, "Hey, but God, let's talk about this." Yeah, fifty for the fifty righteous men. Like, I do I give... hear
0: fifty? Fifty going once. Going I will give no, you fifty. Nine. Do I hear forty? Forty, maybe. I'll give you a forty. How about thirty? Bring them down to ten. I would have kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I think Abraham knew that he was asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. He was asking a lot. <laughs> he was. <laughs> for Lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, but um, then he does.
1: He even though he is he is set to destroy, even though there are not ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, he shows grace, he shows mercy, and he sends two of his angels to rescue Lot and his daughters. Yeah. Well, and, and, that, and his wife, but uh, that, that wasn't that even for their sake. That was for Abraham's sake. Right. That was not for them. Yeah. That was, like, was hey, purely because I'm God, remembering you,
0: Abraham. Yeah. Abraham your had family. favor in the sight out. of God. So yeah. These people themselves are scum. But because they're your family, I'll have mercy on them. And you can see just as soon as they leave, you know, how wicked they are. Um, I won't go into detail. Um, We've already
1: gone into detail. Um,
0: yeah. But anyway, um, so... Here, with Ahaziah, um, you can see God fulfilling his promises. Um, he showed mercy to Ahab and said, Hey, this is going to happen to your sons. Um, look how long his, sons re- his son reigned, Ahaziah, the son of Ahab. He became king when he was 17. Oh, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. Ah, uh, Ahaziah became king over israel in the 17th year of jehoshaphat king of judah so when jehoshaphat and i'm not sure if that's jehoshaphat was 17 years old or it was Jehoshaphat's 17th year as king i'm not sure but ahaziah only reigned two years over israel two years is not a long time okay for a king for president Two years is not long. They're limited to four years. A lot of them die early. For, a lot of them. Some of them die early, uh, and that's a that's a very modern idea. A president, okay? Right. But back where there are kings, a king is king is king is king is king is king for life until they get overthrown by somebody else. And if they get overthrown, chances are they're exiled. They're exiled or they're killed. There's no other options. Exiled or killed, uh, or they become king again. You know. Um, And so when you see a king That only reigns for two years uh, Question (laughs) Yeah God's fulfilling his promise to Ahab You know Mercy to you Ahab But your kids are going to get it Sorry Um, And so you can see that in the very short reign Of his son Uh, And what does his son do He did evil in the sight of the Lord Oof. So that first point that I was making is God fulfills his promises one way or another. That second point that I was going to make here in this short statement is the Bible tells us to honor our father and our mother. That is incredibly important. If you, if you read the, the, you know, the full commandment, it's honor thy father and thy mother. That you should live long on the land which the Lord thy God giveth, giveth thee. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you show honor to your parents, you show honor to your elders. Um, God, you know, will bless you. Okay. And a lot of that blessing just comes straight from listening to your parents and doing what they say. It does. Okay. Because um, there's wisdom there that you are, you're gaining. Right. But more than that, let's say your parents are disreputable and they're evil people. Does that mean that you should listen to every word that they say? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You should still honor them as their role as parent. Okay. But past that, draw the line. Right? Draw the line. And if they command you or if they want you or will you to do evil, anything against God, absolutely draw that line. Oh, yeah. Now, think about it this way. Honor your father and your mother. What do we call God? Father. Our father. Jesus is God. And he told us to pray saying, our father, which art in heaven. Okay. And so God is our heavenly father we have an earthly father god outranks our earthly father and so if you are to honor your father and your mother that means that you should honor your earthly father and your earthly mother as far as they go but you've got a father in heaven and he you must honor regardless okay and so um you can take it a little further than that this is an example of of where following your parents is not good, right? Right. What did he do? He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother. That's Ahab and Jezebel. Right. And in the way of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who were made, um, who had made Israel sin, for he served Baal and worshipped him just like his mother. And provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all that his father had done. So, uh, the second point that I'll make is honoring your father and your mother is not necessarily doing, walking in their ways, okay? Uh, Not when it contradicts the ways of your true father in heaven. Him, you should never dishonor you should always honor and do what he says but anyway uh, we're going to take a break there we'll be right back that's right
1: and And we're back back.
0: okay so we see jehoshaphat's last couple of years in office as it were as king (laughs) in office and then we have ahaziah and his very short reign and the bad decisions he made and the way that he walked in the way of his mother and his father which when somebody says i walked in the way of my mother's and my fa- of my mother and my father it's like wow good on you man that's great you know keep it up that's great you know uh, but then when you hear who his mother and his father was it's like wait a minute that's not good <laughs> you know right um and, it's like the
1: neighborhood bully. His parents are bullies, so he's a bully. Right, right, right. Do you right. want to be that way? He did
0: evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and the way of his mother. Yeah, not good. So, reading about Jehoshaphat and Ahaziah, what do you take from all this? And mind you, this is also the end of 1 Kings.
1: So. You have a, a prophecy fulfilled essentially mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, this is what was gonna happen regardless yeah you know but i think you actually nailed it on the head earlier with it's a good example of a commandment mm. you know and something i did not take until i was you know talking with martin and he and i had many conversations about this is each one of the ten commandments especially the ones with promises it's not like let's let's take you know honor your father and mother Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't just mean honor your earthly father right but also your heavenly father exactly you know and that's that's what you're missing here is not only did he not walk in the ways of, A, his parents, which he did. You know, in this case, he did. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. But he wasn't walking in the way of his heavenly father. Right. You know, which is something that, and that's what I say, you know, Ahab was given pity and mercy because God honors humility. Yes. And this was one, one sense where you have someone who's been so wicked, so evil, and then said you know what i was wrong yeah forgive me yeah and you don't see that with his offspring
0: no no you don't this was
1: one lesson that should have been learned but as we also know it is what god said was going to happen and we right. learned that with david you're not getting out of that
0: yeah sorry you know sorry. when god
1: when god gives an and see that's that's what i say differently than a promise and it is a promise but there's there is a difference and the only reason I I want to take a moment to allow for the difference here is because just like you said God gives you know his his promise I will destroy you and then we'll draw it back under the sense of humility forgiveness repentance there are times where God goes okay hold up Let's give him a chance. But God already knows what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. Here you have something different. And I would I would say this is not only a promise, now this is an ultimatum.
0: Yeah.
1: This is unchangeable. This is now I'm... And, and there's there's the difference between the ultimatum and the promise is you have the verdict. In the, it, we'll, we'll use it in court terms. The verdict mm-hmm. given by the, the judge. judge. And now you have the sentence given by the jury. Okay, so now you have the judgment. Yes, you're guilty. Now the sentence to be carried out is X, Y, and Z. In some sense, that is, you know what, we're going to pardon this. Right. You are guilty,
0: but we're going to pardon it because of these things we saw.
1: Right. You know, or you have the, the other side of he is guilty. He's conscious that he's guilty. He did this willingly, knowing that he was going to do something wrong. And so now the punishment is X, Y, and Z. And that's your ultimatum. Yeah. You know, so here you have he gave, you know, Ahab that opportunity. And Ahab seized it. You know, I'm gonna repent. You know, Lord, don't destroy me. And God said, okay, I won't destroy you, but your children will pay for that. That was that was the that was the sentence carried out, and it's clearly carried out with his children.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is that doesn't necessarily mean that God is going to come in with his hammer and just smash. Yeah, this
1: isn't Hulk know, his smash. son.
0: This is not Hulk smash. What does it mean? Well, generally, what it means is. These people, God turns them over to themselves. It's funny how that works. Yeah, and you know, uh, if this guy this so Ahaziah. Bad, so be it. Yeah, Ahaziah. You know, God is destroying him. Yeah, he is. But He's letting him destroy himself. Exactly. God's just kind of like, all right, you know what, kid? If you want to go, want to go play in traffic. It's on you. My hands are wiped clean of this. Well,
1: I will not, you know, stretch my hand out. Exactly. I will exactly. Back. If you wish to go forth with this, understand, I cannot protect you.
0: Yeah. Not that I cannot, but I will not. Right. You know, sorry. That's my judgment to you. And That's so why what say, does he, you know, what does he say? Do it. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He walked in the way of his father and his mother, you know. Uh, he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all that his father. See, now had you're done. breaking two commandments right there. Right, man, he's on a roll. Uh, stop. <laughs> and yeah. so, he's doing evil. Uh, he's digging a hole and he's jumping in it. And if God doesn't smite him, then uh, I mean, like. Like, actively, like, you know, with the world, you know, like, hey, I'm going to kill you. It's going to be great. Usually it's, you know, um, I'm going to allow you to make some really foolish des- decisions. You're going to go off to battle and you're going to get smited. I'm going to let your enemies do the work. Your enemies will destroy you for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And that's honestly, that's a that's a way that... That's, you what, know, that's what happened to Ahab. Yeah, know? it happens to a lot of these, these kings. You know, they go off to battle and they die, you know... When God would normally say, hey, you're the king over my people. So, obviously, I want you to win. But are you a righteous king? Are you a righteous right? king? Are, are you following God? me? Are you reflecting if him? Because if you don't follow me, then I'm just going to let that evil king, you know, get rid of you. Because you know, you, you're okay. going to let the
1: trash take out the trash. Right. But you, know? well, you have kings that started out following him, like Saul. Saul yeah. was a devout, you know, a devout believer. Yeah. And then there was a point where that shifted. Yeah. And I think it shifted because of power. Yeah. uh, And and greed. Yep. But you have that shift, and that's where God's like, well, you know what? If this is the path you've chosen, so be it. It is not the path I will
0: protect. Yeah.
1: It is not the path I will honor. It is not the path that I will bless. Yeah. So if you wish to do that, and I believe he gave Saul all opportunities to, and through David, gave him opportunities to not do what he did. Yeah. And in the end, he took his own position to do exactly what
0: he wanted to do. So, so anyway, this is the end of First Kings. Uh, we're going to go into Second Kings a little bit. Um, uh, Elijah is not dead yet, but Second Kings is kind of the end of Elijah and the beginning of Elisha. And we haven't talked too much about it. I imagine we'll delve into the life of Elijah a little bit. Um, But uh, we'll let y'all know in the upcoming days. So, uh, Adios. adios.